0: Welcome
1: to the Fantasy Ace Ball Podcast. This is your host, Tim Kanak. You can find me on Twitter, X, Twitter X, at Fantasy Aceball. And we have a special surprise for you. On the podcast today, we have co-host Raymond Atherton and Raymond. Raymond, at Raymond Atherton on the Twitter. Who else is with us? Who else is here today?
0: What's happening?
1: Something I gonna wrong. say,
2: are you asking me? Yes,
1: I want you to dig, to give the intro. It's Gabe. It's Gabe Jenner. What catcher <laughs> streamer? Catcher streamer himself. <laughs> what is up, Gabe? What's up, been? guys? Good to been talk in to you. My life? Where have you. It's been, been a life?
0: it's been a hot minute. Missed you guys. <laughs> all, all right, you too, the,
1: the trio is back. The three amigos are here. It's been a hot minute. We're all here. And we are going to be talking second baseman today. And we have no podcast notes today. So we're just we're just going to be winging it. We're kind of going to follow the rankings a little bit. We're going to find some talking points. But before we get into that, we do have a few things we need to talk about. Corey Seeger, guys. Corey Seeger has a hernia. And he had a surgery. And the the rangers are hopeful that he'll be ready for opening day oh so hopeful uh on a one to, level of one to ten raymond how scared are you about this Corey Seeger thing and do you think he misses playing time from it
2: I uh, like a two so not I don't concerned. one not very, one i'm assuming not, is yeah not not very concerned i I don't know. It seems like he finds a way to miss like 20, 20 games a year. So he's just gonna get him out of the way early this year.
0: What do you think, Gabe? Dude, I have I've doubted Corsi enough times in my career, my life. I I would still uh, be excited about him. Like I think Raymond nailed it. He's gonna miss some games. He's just gonna be more fresh later on. I mean, even if he doesn't miss any time, this is
2: one of those. Injuries were like, he can be healthy and struggle for, you know, three or four weeks. it's like, what's wrong with Corey Seager? Like, oh, well, he's not 100% yet. And then he just gets all his stats in the final four and a half months. He
0: breaks, dude.
2: He's so good.
0: And that Rangers offense is so good.
2: Dude, what was his ADP before this? Hold on. I I bet it was like 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 the middle of the second. The middle of the second round.
1: Yeah. Let's see. I'm gonna give you my hitter ranking right now for Seager. I of course Seager as the 19th best hitter in all of baseball. Dude, right, next, this. right right, in between Jose Ramirez and Austin Riley. Um, the, the shortstop I have behind him is Gunnar Henderson. And, I th- dude, I might, I might put Gunnar ahead of Seager. Yeah, he Seager. might bump a couple spots. I'd probably yeah. take Austin Riley
0: over him too right now. Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't but but I'm probably like the, like I'm still probably taking him over Semyon like his teammate.
0: Yeah you know he's like I mean? a couple he drops a couple now. dollars or drops a couple of round drops one round probably.
2: I was gonna say if he's going if he's there in the middle of the third round, I'm gonna snag him every time.
0: Yep. Agreed.
2: Like Michael Harris is thirty second in overall ADP. Like I'd take him ahead of Michael Harris for sure.
1: Yeah. So we had some other moves. Some of them are kind of pointless in fantasy grand scheme of things. Uh, Mets re-signed sure Adam Uh What else do we have? Adovino signed with the Mets. So that's, he's got a set a man. Adam Frazier signed with the Royals, which might affect Michael Massey in deeper leagues. So if you're in a deeper league and you're a Michael Massey guy, then we get Adam Frazier for like the third year in a row uh, completely going to block a prospect because he blocked like all those Orioles guys last year. And then what was the team he was with before? Was it the Mariners? He's like blocking somebody before that. I'm assuming.
2: Who's that? Adam Frazier.
1: Yeah. Adam Frazier.
2: Um, I don't know.
0: Whoever Here's the Mariners group. in middle he, infield the just, prospects are probably
1: he, he's, he's not good. He's just always blocking people. That's the point. Uh Blue Blue Jays signed Justin Turner. Are you guys I love that. Yeah, I was going to say how how are you guys feeling about that? Are you bumping Turner up at all? Uh everybody hits in Toronto.
2: I think his yeah. lineup context is worse, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does exactly what he did last year just with a little less runs and RBIs, but or even
0: Hit for a little more power. Dude, my the thing that this means the most to me about is Matt Chapman. I mean that takes out a huge suitor for Matt Chapman. Uh, so that's like where my eyes turn. Like where's Matt Chapman go now?
1: Mm, yeah. you, okay, you're a Cubs fan, Gabe. Would you rather have <laughs>
0: Belly or Chapman? I mean the price it's, is everything, but I think that Chapman's a better fit for the team. We've I mean, got my you know PCA in center. We've got Michael uh, Bush at first. We've got Christopher Morrell that can play both of those positions already. So third base is like the biggest glaring hole. And Morel can spot some starts there too, but he's not a guy you want there every day with his glove. With Matt Chapman's glove, I mean, he's like Arenado type defensively, isn't he? Or second, you know, 2A or whatever. Like he's he's right behind Arenado as far as like the defensive authority. Yeah, well, you, each... know,
1: you know, the interesting thing is Cabrian Hayes has been better than Arenado for like three years in a row or something like that oh, defensively. Yeah
2: if you yeah, sign no. bellinger though gabe just move bush to third base and everything else fits
0: yeah yeah dude i'm still excited about bellinger bellinger could play second give pca some spot start you know give pca a, a little on-ramp Morell can dh either way but I, I think Chapman's gonna be a lot cheaper because he's already 31. uh i think yeah. bellinger's gonna cost i'm afraid if bellinger gets close to 200 million i don't want the Sign him. You know, 160, 170 is kind of the cap for Bellinger. I bet you can get Chapman for half that price. So that's what that's where it comes into, you know, I, I kind of would rather have Chapman for less years and less money. But if the Cubs don't get stupid with Bellinger, then I, I would for sure rather have him. I'm just afraid of the cost.
1: Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, all, right, I'm out for a all right. You are out for a second. Angels sign Aaron Hicks. It uh, doesn't really matter, probably, except for in deeper leagues. Uh, did Keith. we talk about Colt Keith yet? I was going to say, did we, did we talk about Colt Keith yet? Not
2: live. I mean, we've talked about it, but not on the pod.
1: Yeah, Colt Keith, six-year deal with the Tigers, basically cements him. Uh, and it sounds like he's going to be the opening day second baseman because they're kind of leaning toward Veerling at third. So I guess that means Colt Keith is going to be a uh, second baseman long term. Uh, what uh, okay? For, first off, Raymond, what does that mean for Keith this year? Like, what you know, like, how high are people going to be drafting him now in your mind? And then also, what does that do for Jace Young and for JHM?
2: So, they Scott Harris came out and said today that they're not ruling out that he could play third base next year or in oh. the future. So, but for this year, they're they're penciling him as the everyday second baseman so he will pick up second base eligibility which is good news um and then yeah i think they're they're cool with who they have on their roster playing third base whether that's zach mckintree or matt feeling might be a platoon um but no i think i think he's gonna be at least in leagues that reward OVP or OPS, I think he's going to be really good. Like, you can't count on, I, I would say, anything more than like 24 home runs, 25 home runs. But, I mean, he hit 300 all the way through the minors last year when Minor League Player of the Year played 70 games at AAA still hit like 270 something. Like, he, he had a game where he went six for six, hit for the cycle, and two home runs. Like the the dude is an absolute stud. Like he's got Joey Votto comps I've heard. I didn't realize till Sunday he was six four. Like that's out of position size playing second base. So
1: Yeah. No, that's and fun. like Talk, he, where does... <laughs> too bad he's not playing next to uh O'Neal Cruz, right? Right.
2: <laughs> I think he settles in right around like that two hundred eighty p range with like some of those other Fringe prospect like Michael Bush types. Like I don't think he'll get too high until we actually see him in spring training, and you know if he's murdering the ball in spring training, obviously that can climb.
1: Yeah. Other moves: Alex Wood to the Athletics. Uh, are we calling them the Las Vegas Athletics yet, or are they still Oakland? In your mind, I body, think they're still Oakland
2: I know, until they like actually. Until they actually try, they're going to be Oakland. (laughs) Until they actually try.
1: Uh, Cookie Carrasco, I think he re-signed with Cleveland. Did you see that?
2: Yeah, I did. That's cool. He's going home.
1: Yeah, I hope he gets to do something there. I hope it's not just like, you know, he fails or whatever. Hopefully he can do something. And then we've got the Jorge Polanco trade, dude. Polanco getting traded to the Mariners. And then the Mariners get back Gabriel Gonzalez, who's a top 100 prospect. And then they also got back Anthony Desclafani, who this is Desclafani's second trade now of the offseason. So Desclafani is basically like the new Edwin Jackson, I guess, <laughs> getting traded twice a <laughs> year. Yeah. Or Lucas Giolito. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Got anything on the Polanco?
1: What do you think about the Polanco move? What is that... I mean, like, for me, that's a big move for the Twins because now it looks like Julian is going to not be interrupted, and it makes a clear path for a guy like Brooks Lee to make his debut this year, who they were talking about making his debut at third. But obviously, you've got Lewis and Crea, and so we'll see what happens there. Hopefully, those guys can stay healthy for a year. That'd be a minor miracle if it happens, but... Um, And then, dude, even talking about the Twins still, Byron Buxton is going to be back in center field. So um, (laughs) if you're in a league and Buxton is utility only, he should get outfield eligibility until he hurts himself, like you said.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think this is good for – I think this is a net positive for all the Twins. Uh, They really had a log jam there. I think this is pretty good news for Polanco if he can stay healthy in Seattle too. But so
1: Marco might be the Mariners' second best hitter, sadly. He's yeah, supposed dude, to hit third. third. He's supposed to hit third in between uh, J Rod and Garver. Garver right now. Yeah.
2: Dude, they need they need to trade a starter for a, a hitter. That should be a thing they do.
1: Yes, it should. As a Cardinals fan, I would love it if they traded a starter for Tommy Edmond.
2: <laughs> um, did you see that uh, Walker Bueller's not expected to start the season on time?
1: Oh, really? I guess that's good for Emmett Sheehan and maybe, like, I guess Sheehan was going to be banked into the six-man anyway at this point, right? So Mm -hmm. does that create an opening then for, like, a Gavin Stone or?
2: Yeah, uh, it says the news update says Sheehan and Stone will compete for the open rotation spot to start the season. But, dude, I think this is going to be the most Dodger season of all time where, like, all of these guys are going on Phantom 10-day IL stints and they miss two starts. And then they come back. Like I think they're gonna have a modified six-man that they're gonna run all year, and then Kershaw's gonna come back at some point, and they're just gonna have eight or nine guys throw 120 to 140, 60 innings. That sounds really annoying. Yeah, it's good. It, I bet it is. Like they're already talking six-man, and then you know next year with Otani, they're gonna have to do it again.
1: Yeah. It's not as annoying next year, though, because I feel like, I don't know, they're becoming Team Japan, right? But, you know, what will be annoying is if they sign Roki Sasaki next year because then they basically will just be Team (laughs) Japan. Will be
2: Team Japan. Yeah. I mean, other than, like, Bobby Miller, like, I don't know that it affects a lot of people. Yeah. Um...
1: That's it for my notes. You got anything else to add? I think that's it. That is it. Okay. Let's get to it then. Uh, We have our second base rankings. We've already gone through the rankings. So if you want to actually get into all the players and hear all the numbers, then listen to the way too early second base podcast. And if you want to actually read it, the escorts are available on friends with fantasy benefits. The point of this podcast is for... I want you guys to give me some fights. I want to, I want some, de- some debate in my rankings here. Uh, the first tier is just Mookie Betts.
2: <laughs>
1: I don't think there's anything that anyone could debate about having Mookie Betts in a tier of their own for second base this year without being absolutely silly. So I think we're just going to leave that one there. One of the guys in the next tier that... I feel like I am higher on still than most people that I want to talk about. Matt McClain. I've got Matt McClain as the number five second baseman right now. What are you thinking yeah. about for Matt McClain this year? What are you expecting? Do you think he's going to regress? If you think so, how much? And do you like where I have him in my ranking, or would you be swapping him around somewhere in his ranking?
2: Yeah, I think, I think I'd have him in the – Probably in the tier that follows this one that much bigger third tier um I just I think he probably had everything go right for him last year and like I don't know I do think he's good I just I don't think he can sustain a three eighty Babbit or whatever he was running um his xBA was two fifty four. His real BA was two ninety. Like I think, I think there's some, some regression to, to follow for sure. But he's still probably a, what I I don't know. You think he has twenty homer, consistent twenty homer upside? So maybe, yeah, maybe think, a little less than that. I think he's 15,
1: like 25-20. No, I think like my F scores so
2: more or less I, I don't like,
1: like I'm going to like look at this so I'm going to I'm going to kind of explain those scores a little bit um a 100 f contact is league average right and a league average batting average in 2023 was about 250 but that doesn't relate one to one because batting average is contact plus speed so he has a 100 contact but then his speed is 129 so that means he's 29% the speed rating is 29% faster than the average player. So that means if you have a league average batting average you can assume about a 250, but if he's that much faster than the next guy, then you probably have to say okay, he's probably going to be like something like a 270 hitter, right? And we're always talking about ranges here. Players are always going to live within a range, right? Where they have their floor and they have their ceiling. And they're going to they're going to end up somewhere in that floor to ceiling. And some players are more volatile than others, which is why plate discipline comes into effect. If someone has really bad plate discipline, they're going to bounce and have those hobby bias highs and lows, where they're just going to be bouncing between their floor and ceiling, like a ping pong ball, instead of kind of hovering more close, you know, like closer to the center of that, uh, whatever you want to call it, that range range of outcomes. Yeah. That range of outcomes that that player has. Exactly. And then, um, as far as power, a 129 power, 29% above average. The average starter who played the average number of games last year, I think it was like 17 point something homers. If you if there's a full-time starter who played like the average amount of games that a starter should play, which is like you know, something like 153 games and 560 played appearances or something like that. So if, if the average guy who played that much A 100 power is about 17 homers. So if you have a 129 F power with a 100 contact tool, then that means that it's kind of like the same thing, right? Like a 100 contact tool, they're going to make league average contact, which is important for hitting home runs. And at the same time, that means he's 29% above average of power. And that is also uh, taking the park into account. So if you took Matt McClain and you put him in Seattle, His power would probably be like 114 or 115 or something. So that 129 is already taking into account the park factor of Cincinnati as his home park. Right. So we can assume based on this that McLean should be somewhere around like a 25 home run hitter if he plays, if he gets full season plate appearances. I hope that helped explain things to you. And does, does that help and make things kind of like relatable as far as that scores?
2: Yeah I, yeah I think that helps. I would take I, I'd take the under on 25 probably but, but maybe it's less about him specifically and more about second base as a whole. like I like a lot of people going much further after this than to spend a top 80 pick on him or whatever. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think the I think the power comes down. I definitely think the average comes down. The thing about like those guys who just consistently outperform their expected stats is like Dave, you're not on mute anymore. Is you have to <laughs> is you have to see it, or at least I have to see it for you know, two or three years. Like that that guy was Javi Bias for a while, like consistently outperforming his stats and running an incredibly low BABBIT or high BABBIT. Like, just want to see it again. Yeah.
1: So let me throw this to you, Raymond. ATC, which is the aggregate of all the projection systems, has Matt McLean with 22 homers, 20 steals, and a 264 batting average.
2: Yeah, that sounds...
1: That's, that's not... My ratings are barely higher than that. It's a little bit more... It's just like a little bit more in all of those categories.
2: It's just like, I guess I don't really understand what you're paying up for. If you're getting, I don't know.
1: Um, you're paying up for a guy that if he's healthy, should get a hundred runs because he's hitting at the top of the Reds lineup with twenty-five, twenty, and position flexibility because he can also play second and shortstop. That's pretty good, dude. Like Ozzie Albies, like, let's say you want, you're an Ozzy Albies guy who's going a couple spots higher in second base. Ozzie Albies, you're hoping for like 30-15 or like 28-15 or something like that. Is there really that much of it in, in the similar batting average? Is there really that much of a difference between twenty eight fifteen and then like uh 20
2: you can apply that exact same argument just backwards. Like, why would I pay up for Matt McLean when I can just get, you know, Andres Jimenez or Bryson Stott or Dude. Edward Julian or any Zach Giloff, hundred and twenty picks later?
0: There's a big tier though here. This is a this is a shallow position relatively. So I mean, Matt McLean, you know they're, that I like your rankings here, Tim, of having him like at the. You've got him at the back of the second tier. I'm, I see it, right? The yeah, last, yeah. This, yeah, dude. I think there's a big drop off from. Lane. I'd probably put Muncie or Gorman over Julian, but all, all right there. I mean, that's a big drop off. Like Matt McLean versus Luis Arias. You know, like that's what you're. That's what you're talking about. Because all those guys are going to go right in a row. All five of those Muncie will probably go earlier than the rest, just because he's you know past performance, but.
1: Well, Gabe. Now that we got you here, this is one I want to talk to you about. I don't know if you are aware of this, but did you know that the number five second baseman in ADP right now is Nico Horner? Yeah. Are you are you as a Cubs fan? Are you buying that?
0: I would have him a lot higher on this list than you do, but I wouldn't have him above your top five guys. I'd probably have him. I would probably bump Muncy and Gorman up over Julian. And then I would probably take Horner. So what is that? What would that make him? I'd probably put Horner at nine. I think Horner's a top 10 second baseman. Yeah, he's and going five. Is his calling card? You know, <laughs> I mean, that, that's the said? thing is,
1: what type of league are you playing? Right? Because like, yeah, yeah. If, like his, his power yeah. fifty three. Like, what? How many homers did, did Horner, How many homers did he hit last year? Three, five? No, he had like, more than that. I bet he had fifty. He cannot. He cannot hit more than like ten homers. He does not have the power. Let's see. Last year, he, had, he hit nine, and then he had 10 the year before that, which is actually better than one would think. But how? this is what's weird, too. He hit nine homers, and his ISO was 100. <laughs> like, a 100 ISO is so bad. That's like Billy Hamilton ISO. So how did he even run into nine homers? Like, that alone is an oddity with that kind of ISO. And a 1.7% barrel rate? Like, how did he even run into that many homers? Like, he should be, like, a five-homer guy. Like, I would not project that many homers for him again.
2: Single-digit homers. Like, that's way too many.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, look, 53 power, dude. Like, I don't know. I just, and you just, just 1.7% barrel rate is atrocious. Like, the only guys who are
0: worse than that are, like, like I said, like, Miles Straw.
2: (laughs) (laughs) the speedsters. No, yeah. dude, yeah. you're not
0: being fair, dude. You're not being fair. He he hit he had 10 homers last year and 9 this year. So that's like that's like what he's going to do. He's going to hit 10 homers. And he's going to, you know, I don't know, dude. I I think that he can I think he I think he can pencil him in for 10 homers.
1: Do you really think he's going to steal more than 40 bags again? Because last No, I don't. La- the year before he only had 20. Then last year I think 30 year, he had I would settle for 30. Three.
0: I think 30. He literally a... doubled. Yeah, I think dude, he can, he sc- but, but the rules change, dude.
2: The rules, he scored change. 98 runs. Yeah, that's
0: well, what's, all the, all the that's projections, what's propping
2: up.
1: all the projection systems have him at about 30 steals. They have him as like, uh, yeah. s- between seven to 12 homers and between 29 to 33 steals. That's you should so, not expect anything more, dude.
0: You should expect nothing, have- more. it's a lot of runs.
2: I don't this is more of an overarching question, but like did you guys see that steals were up forty percent league wide last year?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's gonna continue, right? I mean that's gonna continue. Well, so
2: my question is, do you think these projection systems have taken into account that? The market like, flooding? Because yes. like when you when you're looking when you're talking about a Nico Horner and you say, Oh well, he stole forty three bags last year. Everybody stole thirty. He, nobody's gonna project him to steal forty again. But like maybe they should, maybe 40 is the new 30 and we should start doing that. Yes.
1: I think 40 is the new 30, yes. but yes. before, before last season, he was not a 30 seal guy. He was a 20 seal guy. So if 40 is the new 30, then that means 30 is the new 20. So he should be a 30 seal guy. <laughs> I don't but, know. but, but I mean, here, here's my point is that people are drafting Nico Horner above Matt McClain. When that's Horner, when we just yeah, when we just said that Horner is like a 1030 guy, and then Matt McClain is a 2520 guy. Like why are
0: and, and if well because are McClain up, got hurt. McLean was hurt for like two months, so I guess that probably hurt his draft value.
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, if steals are up, I I don't I just don't understand why anyone would draft Nico Horner above Matt McClain. I think that's
2: a track record.
1: Is, 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 Horner has only played like half a season more than <laughs> McLean, dude.
0: <laughs> I just, I don't he's know. older Maybe, too he's, I would rather, he's a guy who's
1: always been hurt until last until like uh 2022 he was hurt like every year
0: i would rather have McLean from the cubs you heard it
2: i guess i'm the low guy in Tim. well,
0: yeah, might well be. tim is certainly the high guy that's yeah that's... tim's like
2: <laughs> i asked tim that one of those NFBC drafts he was doing, I was like, did you set the min pick on McLean? Like Tim loves McLean. Mm-hmm. He loves McLean. He loved McLean before he came up.
1: Yeah. He I loved Mc... McLean last year. And that's why I have Keep him in every team, they, spring, on every league except for one where
0: Gabe got him. <laughs> I'm keeping it. Um, <laughs> Tim loves
2: McLean so much. He traded Trey Turner in our super deep keeper league.
1: Yeah. Not for hate, McLean. I, I already have. Not for McLean. I already had McLean, so I didn't need Trey
2: anymore. I don't hate but that, though. That made Trey Turner expendable.
0: Trey's so old, and he has, and he's such a speed guy. Yeah.
1: Okay, let's move along to the next tier. You already said, Gabe, that you would bring Julian down. Um, pretty much everyone has Julian much further down. And I'll tell you this. I was actually put to the test, so I should... Probably change my rankings. Um, I was in a DC, and I had the option of picking Max Muncy, Nolan Gorman, or Ed- Edward Julian. Julian, guess which one I picked? Muncy. Gorman. I picked Gorman. Remember, Gorman. remember Raymond DC. I don't want a 200 batting average. Max Muncy. You, you filthy, you filthy <laughs> If it was an OPS league, I probably would have picked Muncy because his. Plate skills are way better, but um, I did end up picking Gorman ahead of those guys, even though I had both of them ranked higher. And Dude. I want to say a big part of that is I was I was afraid of Julian splits. Um, I don't have to worry about that now that Polanco got tra- got traded. But that that was not the case when I was drafting. He's um, he's the next the, the next the next thing is just Monty is a points. I don't unless I'm in a points or OEP league, I just do not want Max Muncy. I don't want Muncie in a batting average league. I hope anyone can understand that.
2: Obviously. Unless you have to like take a very select few group of hitters to draft Max Muncy and feel okay about it. You're either like so far behind in power, you're just like, fuck it, I'm going for it, or you stacked like Freddie Or you Freeman have Soto. And, yeah, Fred- and totally Soto Freeman. and like, all these guys who run 330 averages.
1: Arias. The Max Muncy and Luis
2: Arias
0: yeah. stack. You just get both of those guys.
2: And <laughs> do the most frustrating just, stack of all time.
0: I don't... I love Max Muncy, dude. Like, he's like... I don't know, man. He he doesn't... He obviously kills you in batting average, but he's going to just uh, kill your opponents in homers and RBIs. I love this him as a like, real-life
1: player. The funny thing is, he's like the perfect Billy Bean guy because... <laughs> He, and he was three on the yeah, he, yeah, he was like the perfect Billy Bean guy, and then they got rid of him, and then he got good after him.
2: Um, My thing on like him <laughs> and Schwarber is like you have to – like I only want them in a Roto League where you your lineup blocks on Monday and you can't do anything about it because like when you watch him go 0 for 4 or 0 for 5 four days in a row, you want to bench him <laughs> on that fifth day. And then and he goes then, 4 for 4. And then, like that's, that's the day he hits three home runs and has 11 RBIs. And yeah. so, like, you can't have that freedom because it's infuriating.
0: Yeah, that's fair. He is the streakiest hitter in baseball. Like, he will literally go four for four with four homers and then he won't get a hit for two weeks.
2: Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's the worst.
0: But he will, he's a matchup changer, though. When he's on, dude, like, when you need four homers to catch your opponent, he's your guy. Yeah. I just, so,
1: so what I want you guys to do is look at these guys Julian Muncy Gorman. Who are you putting ahead of this group right here? Out of the guys that I have below them? Who who are you moving ahead, if any, of
0: the guys that I have like in this tier? Dude, I would probably drop Julian down below Steer and keep everybody else about the same. Maybe move Steer up a couple slots. I'd probably rather have Steer than Kim or Arias or Torres. What about you, man?
2: I I was about to beat you up for Julian versus Gorman, but like if you're chasing power, I guess I guess Gorman is the play. But Julian has just such elite plate skills that I don't hate your ranking. Like it makes sense that he's that high. I I kind of agree with the rest of this tier. To be honest with you, I think Hasan Kim maybe is getting cheated a little bit, but like. He's kind of incredibly difficult to quantify. Like, you know he's going to help you, but you don't really know how. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think 10th is fair. And, like, there is that big power from Gorman and Muncie that that you can count on. But uh, my biggest beef, I think, would be guys in Tier 4 jumping up rather than quabbling yes. with this well- tier.
1: We'll get into that next, but I want to go through this first. So I've got Julian six, Monty seven, Gorman eight, and this is where their ADPs are. So I want to see if we all agree that these guys are probably bargains relative to ADP. Uh, Julian or Julian, whatever you want to call him. I, <laughs> no think I think it's actually dude Welsh was calling him Julian. I always called him Julian, and then Welsh started calling him Julian, and then I was like, wait, he is French Canadian, so maybe it is Julian because he's not Spanish, even though his name is Edouard Julian. Like he's, he, the dude is from Quebec. He's he played on Team Canada, so I'm assuming so now I'm like, dude, oh, maybe is it is Julian. Nice. Um, but anyway, dude is 17th in ADP
2: on NFBC. Well, at second base. Like that's very base. important to say. Yes, at 17th. Base. That's at where base. Where we're I would only talking him. about second base rankings.
1: That's where I all, would put all rankings are relative to second base that we're discussing in this podcast.
2: That puts him at 240 overall
0: in the aggregate. Yeah. Dude, I would put him there. That's where I would put him. A, a points league aside, I guess, for his OBP. But the guy doesn't have a whole lot of stuff that I like to see over these other guys you've got here. I would move him way down, dude. I mean, maybe in a point. He three.
1: hit sixteen homers in like three hundred at bats last year.
2: Four hundred at bats, but um, oh yeah, you're right, three forty because he walks yeah. so much. Yeah, well, that's that's
1: a high twenties homer
2: pace. Hold on a second. A four, four. He's Joey Votto. Four hundred. He's Joey Votto.
1: four hundred plate appearances though. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. What, what is his, what was his walk rate last year? If you have it open, was it like 18% or something? Uh, hold on. He walked 64 I know he times. And a lot he, though. Bats. <laughs> he walked he a chases long lot long. too, even though he shouldn't, because his chase rate is like nothing.
2: 15.7% was his walk rate.
1: <laughs> yeah. The Welsh and I talked on the podcast when I was on his podcast about it. Uh, the fantasy pros dynasty podcast. Um, it's the weirdest profile of all time. He K's over thirty percent, and then the, he has like the best chase rate in baseball. So it's like, what's Yeah, he's like
2: he's hundred percentile in chase rate. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah so that means we have small... that means he has so many called strikes against him. He has he has to have the most called strikes in baseball.
0: Also, like... <laughs> such a small sample size here. Okay, like we've got he played a hundred games last year, but he's a rookie. I mean, that who knows what this guy's gonna do? He could totally poop the bed, or he could hit. You know. He could hit for more power, but I I don't I don't see it though, dude. Like his his minor he's minor leagues. He hit you know, eighteen homers was his high. So I don't know that he replicates sixteen homers again.
1: F scores just love him, man, because um, this is this is what love point, 13.1% barrel rate too.
2: Because he like, walks a ton and he, he hits walks. the ball really fucking hard. Yeah, like okay. that's always going to come out well in those models. It,
1: and yeah. he doesn't waste plate appearances either only a 2% infield fly ball rate so this guy yeah. never pops up like this guy doesn't this guy doesn't have bad ab's and that k rate is going to go down like in triple a at a 24% k rate and with that chase rate that he's showing like there's no way it can like that carry it has to go down like Where's if that gonna just hit? goes down to 25% that's another 6% of uh, at bats that he has a chance to make contact on which is going to be more hits, more homers, more, more he
2: stats, walks. Does, right? does
0: he lead off for the Twins? Yeah. yeah I think he's supposed to. At, for, at least against him. righties. So he's the kind only of yeah. terrible against lefties. The, what do they have, Buxton and Lewis hitting behind him? Correa, kind of? Not really. Not mm-hmm. really Buxton or Lewis either. <laughs> all those guys are going to be injured. Kirloff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all literally going to be injured. Yeah. by himself. Max Kepler. <laughs>
1: The, the Twins have the uh, – like, I think Raven and I joked about that the other day because we were last year we o- we always joked about the Yankees training staff. Yeah, the and Twins, we're, Like, Raven and I are like, man, the Twins training staff makes the Yankees training staff look like uh, – I don't
2: think – it's different, though. Like, I don't think it's the Twins training staff's fault. Like, the Yankees are inept. The Twins just have injury-riddled <laughs> yeah, players. Yeah, maybe.
0: But, dude, here's the deal. Muncie, Gorman, Arias, Torres, Steer – Horner, though Edmund, those guys are all gonna hit in like completely juiced lineups. This is what I don't get.
1: Tommy Edmond is being drafted 14th out of second baseman. So Edmund is going ahead of Julian.
0: Well, he's got positional eligibility everywhere, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, but he also hits ninth for the Cardinals.
0: So he and, hits in front and, of all their
1: best players. And and Nolan Gorman is hit is sixteenth. So talking keeping on this track. Gorman is the 16th ranked second baseman, which to me is insane.
0: Doesn't he play like one out of two times?
1: It doesn't matter. He had 27 homers and like 400 at bats last year. Like he's going to hit 35 homers from second base. And he yeah. hits, he's going to hit fifth in the lineup. He's max Muncy in, in training. Like he's going to be, yeah, well, he's better. He hit, he had, he makes more contact than Muncy. And I don't really know if it's his contact tool. It's just that he's more athletic. He's faster than Muncy. So, and they're both lefties. So if he pulls the ball out, like, like if he pull if he hits a ground ball, the odds are that he, the odds are higher that he's going to run it out than Muncy is because he's a much, he's younger and faster and a better athlete. Because Gorman also had like eight steals or something last year. So he, it's not like he's a, a zero in speed like Muncy is, but Dude, Edmund ahead of Gorman, to me, is insane. And Edmund ahead of Julian, to me, is insane. Those guys are at the top of their lineups. Edmund is at the bottom. Edmund is injured, too. He had to get shoulder surgery this offseason. He might not be ready for opening day. Wasn't it his wrist? Uh, Or wrist, yeah. He had to get a surgery this offseason, though. Um, and He might not be ready for opening day. Like The Cardinals are planning for Dylan Carlson right now to be their starting center fielder because Edmund is hurt. At the at, during like four opening day, so right. Edmund should be lower in my opinion with these with these types of things, and those guys should be much higher. And then Muncie, dude, Muncie is going so far down in NFPC drafts, but um,
2: he's also he's been actually hurt. not he even also is a- at
1: second base in NFPC because uh, he's been playing primarily third because Mookie is second. So I think he's only second base in Yahoo leagues right in,
2: in odd new leagues right now. Oh, that's an important distinction. Yep. Right. I don't even think he's listed on that FBC ADP for a second.
1: Hey, this is a guy I want to talk about real quick before we jump to the next tier. Glaber Torres. because uh, chat, Chad mentioned him in the last podcast. And I wanted to go over his F scores real quick. Because Glaber gets a bad rep, and this guy is basically just like a above average player in everything. Like he's not great at anything, but here's his f scores: 106 contact, 113 discipline, 109 power, 92 speed, and then he's never hurt. 115 durability, and he's hitting at the top of the lineup. So this is a dude who is just above average at everything, and sometimes that's that works for fantasy. So what do you guys think about Glaber this year? Because he is actually going pretty high in the drafts. He's going eight, as the number eight second baseman. Any thoughts on that, Gabe?
2: He's going 94th overall to put a number to it.
1: Yeah. I think Gabe had to leave again. What do you think? Maybe
2: we lost Gabe. Yeah, I think I think his ADP is appropriate. And I mean, the last two years you've gotten twenty five ish home runs and ten ish deals. I think that's that's bankable and that's repeatable and he's going to be in the top half of that lineup somewhere. And, I don't know, it's a contract year, and I don't traditionally buy into that with players, but I think with him, I'm going to choose to buy it. So I could see him having having a pretty good year and outperforming that ADP.
0: Dude, I mean, I think I think that his hitting at the top of the lineup depends on LeMahieu's uh, health, because Ross Resource has LeMahieu leading off with Soto hitting second. And Torres hitting fifth, which I like a lot less than him hitting in front of Soto and Judge.
2: Still, just swap runs for RBIs
0: in that scenario. Yeah, I guess. Dude, I would. I love. I love Torres. I think he's a complete stud.
1: Oh, look at this, Raymond. Trade accepted. Yeah. So, what was the trade in the new Podcaster League? We just traded a fifty dollar Fernando Tatis, fifty three dollar Fernando Tatis Jr for an $11 William Contreras and $5 Mason Miller.
0: Cool.
2: Good that was, job, guys. That's a good move. That's a good move yeah. for both sides.
1: Yeah, we clear. We have so much money now <laughs> for that draft. We're going to be bankrolling that draft, dude. We're is, that bully a key, is that Dynasty? Yeah. Well, it's, Otnu, it's So It's Otnu, yeah. It's the Podcasters League. That wow. is Daniel from Long Ball Legacies podcast and the Pitcher List Network. Good job. So. <laughs> Um. Yeah, that's fun. Anyway, uh, I want to give you this one, guys. Glaber Torres or Spencer Steer? Who are you taking in 2024? To- Torres.
2: Torres. Ooh.
0: Game. Wow. Man, let me – give me a second here. I, Dude, I, I thought I'm you were the sorry, high bro. man on Steer, Raymond.
2: I, I think d- I'm taking Steer.
0: Done,
2: I've done a little bit of research on Steer, and I think – I think he had like I don't know, I guess same thing with McLean. I think he kind of had his possibly his best statistical outcome. Like I don't know if he's really a two seventy hitter. I what don't if it's the ballpark? I mean maybe. It could be. But um yeah, other than the fact that he can play like five positions, I think Steer is pretty replaceable.
1: Yeah, but like and the it's just goodness, that he hits third in Cincinnati. That's his best attribute is that he hits yeah. in the middle of an awesome lineup in the best ballpark in baseball. And he plays a lot of positions. Like besides that, he's just like a league average dude, more or less.
0: Nah, nah, nah nah nah, dude. I mean he like I mean, I guess you guys may be looking at metrics I'm not looking at, but he, he hangs or beats Glaber or Nico or you know, Horman Gorman, he hangs with all these guys. You know, I mean, their stat and lines plays, are
2: pretty identical. In,
0: yeah, identical, dude. And he plays at the Great American Ballpark. I mean, I don't know, man. That Reds lineup is going to just kill it. I don't, it doesn't matter where Steer hits. And his positional eligibility puts him over the top for a lot of these guys in this tier for me. The are problem is he's, that he's outfield
2: he... eligible. So, like, if you draft him, he's going, like, one-tenth overall. Like, you're probably going to use him at outfield. So, like, I wouldn't mind getting Torres and Steer. Like, that would be totally fine.
1: Well, just so you guys know, I'm not that much of a Steer hater because I have him in a number of leagues. And even in the D.C. that I'm in that we were talking about a second ago before we started recording, I have him as my starting third baseman right now. But I also have Colt Keith. And – so because be now, now because I have Colt Keith and Spencer Steer, and they're both going to have position flexibility, that's going to that's going to afford me to be able to have some fun with moving some guys around.
0: Yeah, that's why Steer. That's why that's why I bump Steer up in front of those other guys. And positional eligibility is a huge deal.
2: That's yeah, I Mookie mean, Betts when there's a tiebreaker, it's my it, favorite
0: it, pick. It, yes. Yeah. Tiebreaker.
1: Yeah. Youth. Tie you thief. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Okay. last one I want to talk about in this tier. This is a dude we haven't talked about like all offseason, Raymond. Bryson Stott. I think Stott is just like a super underrated dude. I have him ranked one spot ahead of Nico Horner. And hear me out. I think that Stott is on a better team in a better lineup. And the only difference between them is that Stott has better power. Whereas Horner has maybe a little bit better play discipline and might be a tad faster but I'll take a significantly better power. Cause I think Stott is more like a 16 to 18 Homer guy Uh versus Horner is like five homers or whatever you should hit. <laughs> what do you guys think? Stott,
0: Horner, go. It's a wash, man. I don't, I don't hate your ranking there.
2: Yeah, I think, I think definitely Stott is underrated. I can get behind that. I, uh, I guess it just depends on what you're looking for. If you're more searching for the power or the speed of Horner.
0: I hear yeah. Stott hates playing in Philadelphia. <laughs> he flipped, didn't he flip off the crowd? He he said, "I effing hate this place." Oh yeah, I thought that's that was foam, dude. I
1: thought that was. Oh foam. okay, you're right. Don't you're Stott. right. You're you guys right. are combining their third baseman and their shortstop into one guy.
0: <laughs> it's the same player, isn't it? The Phillies. <laughs> Stott had 30
2: steals last year. Like. The thing, I don't know, does he have terrible lefty splits? I bet he does. Oh no, wow, he can actually hit lefties. Stop, yeah, look at his, the... dude. Look at his hit tool. He hasn't, yeah, dude, he
1: had an 86.6% yeah. contact rate and a 90.7% zone contact rate, dude. Like, Stop. this dude hits the ball, he's got a stick.
0: Stop paved the way for Colt Keith. Remember when they signed him? Like, that, nobody was doing that stuff. They signed Stop. I don't even think he'd taken a major league at bat, and they gave him like an eight year contract. Was Wait, that's not Stott, dude. You're that's thinking of Stott. the guy that sucks. No, I'm not, dude. Michael, yeah, King, no. Michael Boat?
1: No. No, you're thinking, you're thinking of the guy that sucks.
0: You're right. I am. Yeah, he's the like se- no. the Phillies. John no, Seymour he's on Kendrick, the Phillies. He's the second baseman for the Phillies. You're Kend- right. Kendrick, Kendrick? Yep. I'm completely wrong. wrong. Kendrick? Who knows? He sucks Michael so King? bad. No. no. What is his name? No, it
1: starts with a K, dude.
0: He's so bad. Kingley? Kendrick? Kaylee? Keef? I think is how you pronounce it. Queef.
1: Someone's listening to this, just like yelling at us right now. Screaming. <laughs> All right, we're gonna move on be- until someone figures it out. Next tier, tier four. Uh, are we? Am, am I wrong? Are you guys wrong on Marte? Are you as down on him as I am? Because I've got him at number sixteen. Like I feel like so many other people, just because of the Diamondbacks made the World Series and they love like the whole purple hair or whatever. Like I, th- with, between him and Lordis, the little bro love. I like. Do you think, like, just the Diamondbacks being good in the playoffs is giving Cattell way too much hype? It's because that's kind of where I'm at. Year,
0: dude. It's 2019 that gives him all of his hype. <laughs> um, what
1: do you? Where, where are you at, dude? Do you think I ranked him fairly? Am I or am I too
0: low on him? I love it, dude. I mean, he's he may have a higher ceiling than any of the, anyone else in tier two, but he's also got a lower floor tier three you mean i mean tier two i mean dude that that 2019 season better than all two these guys well dude look at this i'm just talking about his 2019 year he had 32 homers with a 330 batting average
2: dude but everyone hit 30 home runs in 2019 that doesn't count
0: happy fumble i'm just saying yeah dude i i love i i'm i'm defending your ranking here i think that he you know could go bananas but i'm not drafting him in front of your tier two guys
1: raymond mr diamondback
2: <laughs> I wore my diamondback shirt today. um
1: how did I know that
2: <laughs> yeah, I think given the given the guys going on either side of him, I think I'd rather take Torres and rather take steer like I can see why you pushed him down a little bit. I just between like he's kind of injury prone like I know we nobody likes it when we throw that around but like He's been yeah, he's been hurt a bunch and I don't know. I think he's, he's an he's older okay. worse flavor,
1: dude. I think he's, he's just okay. an older he's an, he's an, well that's what I'm saying.
2: He's, he's not even he's that older, old. Worse version of he's not even <laughs> that old.
1: Yeah, he is. He's like 30 now.
2: Dude, oh, he he's almost a, he, right.
1: he he could be my little brother. That's that makes him old.
2: Glaber's <laughs> twenty seven. He's wow. thirty.
1: Yeah. Um, Polanco. Dude, should we be moving Polanco up the rankings or down the rankings now that he's in Seattle?
2: Maybe a slight boost, but, like, you talk about a guy who can't stay healthy. He hasn't played a full major league season over the last two seasons combined.
1: Yeah. He's got 30 homer power, though. There's not a lot of second basemen. This deep in the draft, I can hit 30 bombs. There was that one time. Yeah. 2019. Yeah. So I've, got, I've got Polanco at 17. <laughs> I've got Polanco at 17. Polanco is going as the 25th second baseman in NFPC. Is that a value?
2: Yeah. No, dude, I mean, I... it depends on if you waited and or if, like, you already have somebody, like, I don't know. Go ahead, Gabe.
0: Well, I there's only two guys on here that I would take over, Polanco, in your rankings. Uh, and, dude, so my thing with, and I know you guys are going to call me a Horner, but, or a Homer. Oh, Horner. <laughs> See I did a there? Horner.
2: Horner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> dude, so Morrell, right? I mean, Fangraph fan projects him to hit, you know, 30 or 27, 28 homers with 15 steals and, you know, 270 batting average. Dude, I like the youth there. Over a guy like Polanco, I like the the ability to stay healthy over a guy like Polanco, uh, and the positional eligibility. I think morell can play all over the diamond, and I think that that Craig Council is gonna play him all over the diamond, also, uh, even if he gets the majority of his reps at DH, which is also helps his case. So I would probably take morell over Polanco. Um, man, the other guy here, I I just don't I don't hate Jonathan India either. I, I feel like I, like I might take.
2: Back. Yeah,
0: I th- I think I might take India before I took Polanco.
2: That's uh. interesting.
1: Uh, <laughs> the thing, the only thing Polanco is too is playing time risk with India, right? I mean, you have injury risk with Polanco, but India or with yeah with Polanco you have the the injury risk risk, but with India you have playing time risk. Yeah, because right now he's projected to be a super utility guy. Yeah, in the Reds lineup.
0: Which is positional eligibility. Yeah, the Reds are, like, stacking up to sign all the middle infielders for some reason. They
1: already said India's going to play left field this year with Steer. So if well, he's going to be, fl- like, yeah, <laughs> I know. So, like, Steer and India are basically just going to be flopping around between second and third left field altogether with Noel V. Marte, second and third, and DH. Like, you got, like, three or four guys that all play the same positions.
2: I uh, The thing about Polanco is, like, all his injuries are – bad places to be hurt too. ankle knee and hamstring is what knocked him out in 2023 all of those are (laughs) all of those are recurring and all of those are a problem for baseball players but like um I think I like Christopher Morrell too like if you're talking about 25 plus homer 15 ish steel upside and you're gonna hit 270 and I can get you this late I think actually I didn't actually look at his ADP
0: he'll play outfield too
2: yeah, like well, I guess that means you'll probably use him in outfield. But yeah, dude, his ADP is two thirty. Like that's my thing about second base is like Morel and Gilof are the two targets I like the most at second base, and they're going by far the latest.
1: Aren't um, you guys worried about Morel's hit tool at all? Like, I feel I mean, like a little he's... bit. Talk about Max Muncy, dude. I feel like this dude could hit two hundred.
0: He's Javier Baez
1: incarnate. He basically is and that scares the sh-
0: <laughs> that scares the shit out of me dude. <laughs> yeah, but he has but he has that same for the next co- dude, I wouldn't want this guy at age 30, but I think for the next year or two or three, he could defy the odds like like Bias did. He plays with the same reckless abandon, you know. Well, I mean, Gabe, I guess he's Gabe going he's... late. He's going late enough that he he won't kill you.
1: If you miss on him, he's not going to destroy your draft. You yep. know what I mean? Right. So yep. it's not I guess that where you're drafting him. It's a worthy risk, I suppose.
2: And Gabe um, said his projection was two seventy or whatever. I'd hammer the under on two seventy. Oh, yeah. But if it's if it's <laughs> two sure, fifty or two sixty, who cares?
1: The projection all in. have him at like two forty, which is not they all have him at two forty with twenty-five bombs and ten steals. That's not bad.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what we were just talking about Glaber doing, and he's going 140 picks after Glaber.
1: Glaber is going to probably hit like 280, though.
2: Yeah. Maybe score uh, more runs, too. All
0: yeah, right, dude. Dude, I'm, I'm wrong. He should be 240. Um, my bad.
1: Let me give you this one. Polanco or Brandon Lau? Who are you picking? Is it a low or a Lau? It's a Lau, right? Brandon
2: <laughs> a Lau. Josh okay. Lowe, Brandon Lau.
1: Yes. Are we doing Polanco or Brandon Lau? You guys know Perfect. I'm Polanco. What are Brandon
2: you Lau. Ooh. Gabe. Uh at man. least with Lau, you know when he's gonna sit and it's just whenever he plays against lefties.
0: Or when he's hurt because he's always yeah, that's hurt. The thing. That's with both of them though. Like they're the same player to me. Uh which system do you like better? I mean, I I like Lau. I love Lau, Low, whatever his name is. I love the Tampa Rays. Right but uh man, he is just like he is his back. It's a back injury that keeps reoccurring for him. And he was injured again this year. He missed uh, 50 games with his back injury. Like that's like hard to overlook, and he's 30 years old, 29. I I mean, I'd probably go Polanco. Like I I love Lau, but man, he's like the probably one of the best second basemen in the game when he's healthy. The guy's the guy's back is like he's like a David Wright type guy, you know?
1: Yeah, but that that's something that lingers though. Just ask
0: Corey Seager. That's what that's what Max Scherzer. That's what I'm saying, dude. If your back hurts you at 28 years old and you're a power hitter, you're gonna have a bad time.
1: <laughs> you're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> uh, Zach Galoff. Raymond, you've been wanting to talk about him all podcasts. You're like about to like to do a SpaceX out of your seat right now, talking because we're so close to Zach Galif. Um, dude, we talked about him a lot when he first came up last year and i was like this is not gonna work look at that contact rate look at like this is gonna go downhill and then he finished very very poorly like where are you on galoff is he gonna be this volatile guy or do you think he's gonna even out somewhere sometime
2: no i think he'll even out and i think i think the average is gonna be a struggle but like he hit, he had 14 homers and 14 steals and 300 plate appearances last year. Like easy math, is double that over a full season. The problem is it. he's. Yeah, the problem is like that A's lineup. He's probably going to cap out at 80 runs and 60 RBIs. Like the counting stats, the supporting yeah. counting stats are and, just absolutely, absolutely not. That's not be
1: even there. the problem. That's not even the problem. This is the. Problem. I mean, the problem is the hit. 70's- 74.7% zone contact. That means when the ball is in the strike, in the zone, strike zone, he can't yeah. even hit it three quarters of the time.
2: That is atrocious. But,
0: but when he <laughs> does hit it, it goes over the fence.
1: And dude, yeah. he's going to
0: play. He'll play 160 games this season. He's on the A's. Yeah.
1: Okay, so we were talking about barrel rates with Julian, and you guys were making fun of Julian, even though, or, or Gabe was, even though he has a 13% barrel rate. Galoff has an 11.1% barrel rate. And guess what? <coughs> Galoff is going 12th in ADP right now. And Julian is going, what do we say?
0: 25th? Yeah, not, 17th? 17th? I'm not drafting Galoff at 12. So
1: Julian is going significantly lower than Galoff. Even though, like, Julian has way, a way better hit tool, way better plate skills. He hits the ball harder. The only difference is that he doesn't steal bags. Right? Like, the speed is not there. He can still steal, like, a handful, like, six to eight, but he's not going to steal, like, 20, like, Gale off. I just feel like there's so much risk with this profile, but, yeah, I get it, Raymond. Like, there's a if lot to, hit- Like, like, he's going to – he he could be – he could go tw- – like, if he went 25-25, like, that would not really surprise anyone, you know?
2: I, I If he can get a few more hits – like the he's fast enough, he's in the 91st percentile in sprint speed. Like, I think he could blow past 30 steals if he could figure out the hit to a little bit and then just want to steal more, or they let him steal more. So, yeah, I mean, the ADP is pretty high, but dude, he had 304 and triple A last year. If you combine his double A AA and triple A numbers. He had 26 home runs, 100 runs, 76 RBIs, and 34 steals in 138 games. That's like a third or fourth rounder.
1: All right, so are you taking Gale off over young Kim?
2: No, I don't. No, I don't think so. I think Kim will probably finish higher on the... But, like, right, I t- guess my thing. Where's your
1: line? In, in my rankings, where are you moving Gale off? That's what I'm, I'm curious to find out.
2: I gotcha. Let me make sure that tab is open. I would put him in, right behind Steer, maybe behind Stott.
0: Wow. I'm not that high on him.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, I can see why you're. Morella and Gayloff like the electric wild cards in this tier, right? Those are the two guys that, if you want to take a shot on a guy who could finish as a top five second baseman further down in the draft, those are your guys in this tier. But the thing is, Gayloff is going much higher than Morella's in drafts in like ADP as of now, anyway. Uh, two more guys I want to talk about in this tier, real quick uh, Isaac Paredes. Are you guys in on the pole king or do you think last year was a one-year wonder? Just real quick.
2: Um, I think anytime somebody goes to the race and gets better, it's repeatable.
1: Dude, yeah. do you, as a Tigers fan, do you hate that?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, was
0: a I mean, he was a cub first.
2: Here's the thing about the Tigers, former GM, Al Avila. He was one of the best talent evaluators in my opinion, across baseball, like you look at some of the some of the prospects the Tigers are going to run out in the next few years, and you're just in awe of his. Like he's the main guy who brought JD Martinez to Detroit. He was the, like the scout who brought Miguel Cabrera to Miami way back in the day. Like the dude can scout, but like as a transactional general manager, he was the worst of all time. I, he was terrible. So it happens.
1: <laughs> um. Next guy. Oh, Gabe, what do you think, Paredes? You're in or out?
0: Uh, dude, Savant hates Paredes, but I I hate to bet against him also because like Raymond said, everything Raymond said, the Rays love him and he rakes there. He pulls there. Uh, I dude, I I would probably put Paredes higher in these rankings. But I'm not gonna like cut, rush to his defense either because he doesn't hit the ball very hard. He strikes out a lot. But Savant,
2: he, oh sorry, go ahead.
0: Well, I just you know that that's that's all I had to say. Uh, <laughs> that's all I have
2: to say about that. Savant hates guys who have to pull the ball to hit for power. They're they're never gonna have a good Savant page.
1: What do you guys think about uh, Zach Gayloff Jr. David Schneider here from the Blue Jays as he is. It was last season, uh, Mirage, or is he actually like a guy that can do something?
2: I think he's a wait list and see guy. I that uh Justin Turner signing can't help his yeah. playing time outlook.
0: Dude, I, I love Justin Turner signing in Toronto. I mean, those guys, these types of guys like Justin Turner, remember that guy named Hill? He was like a second baseman for the Blue Jays. Aaron Hill. Aaron Hill, he like sucked, and then he went to Toronto and hit 40 home runs. I could write you a book about guys like that. Justin that Smoke, to, Like, Yeah, Justin Smoke, mm-hmm. dude. Turner hit 40 home runs in Toronto. Like that's that's the thing. I love Justin Turner signing with Toronto. I I think he I think that that really boosts his rankings here. He
1: does the same thing every year. He hits third, whatever team he's on. He hits 280, 20, and he
2: 25 has 25 home homers. runs runs yeah. <laughs> but he's also he's
0: got that he's got that big poppy ortiz vibe though too like he's mm-hmm. he's a gamer dude like he you yeah. can never count out justin turner i i can't bet against him he's a leader career. Yeah. last
1: guy in this tier that i want to talk about trevor story is he gonna is he gonna bounce back or is he toast
0: i'm not touching i'm not gonna touch him dude you think he's I, toast I, or do you or you just don't want to you,
1: you just don't want to be the guinea pig
0: yeah i don't want to be the guinea pig dude i mean maybe you know he's trevor story right i mean he he was a complete stud with the rockies uh but we we really haven't seen that uh outside of Coors field and he's you know a 31 year old middle infielder i i don't like what he did last year at fenway i don't really like what he did in 2022 at fenway in 100 games i'm not going to touch the guy but he might be a steal you know i just don't i just don't want to bet on the old man here the old man in a middle infielder Uh, To to come back, but that doesn't mean I'm I'm right. Right. I would
2: definitely take some shots on him, like as just a bench guy to just see, like, um, there are like glowing reports coming out of Boston about how he looks, how hard he's hitting the ball, how healthy he's moving around, and maybe maybe second base helps ease ease his transition to hitting well again. Yeah, and like. I'll probably maybe. give him a pass for last year, just because of he'd been off for like a year and three quarters before that. So, like, I'll but, I'll have a couple bench stashes. Like, that's, but but Colt, Keith, but Colt Keith, but Colt Keith
0: is on. But Colt Keith is still available. Are you drafting Colt yeah. Keith or are you drafting Trevor Story?
2: Yeah, I'll draft oh. Colt Keith all day. I, that's what I was actually going to say. Is Colt Keith and Tyler Black both need to go like all the way up to uh, uh, definitely above two rank, maybe above Story.
0: Yeah, I, I completely yeah. agree.
1: Well, we have to wait to see. We have to wait for Chapman to sign before we can safely uh, move Tyler Black up, I think. He's going to Chicago. All right. Uh, next tier, we're going to talk about three guys. And you guys just mentioned two of them Tyler Black and Colt Keith. First, does Colt Keith belong in the next tier now yeah. that he signed the contract and he's yes. banked? thanked
0: 100%.
2: He'll be in sixth. And, dude, I think he's one of the safest guys to transition to major league pitching. Like, he has such command of the strike zone. Good eye. Like, he hits everything in the strike zone hard. Like, I think he's going to be a stud, dude. All
1: right. Would you rather? Are you taking Colt Keith or Jonathan India? Raven?
2: Uh, Keith.
1: Gabe, Colt Keith I just, I don't know. I'm going to take Keith, too. Okay, next guy, uh, Brandon Lau or in or Cole Keith. I'll take Keith
0: again. Wow, it's a ceiling though, dude. Raymond. Like Brandon Lau will probably have the better year, but if it's a if it's a you know Cole yeah. Keith's ceiling is through the roof.
1: Not yeah, dynasty, dude, been, dude. We're talking redraft, not dynasty. St- I
0: would still honestly. take
1: Keith. Raymond,
2: I just yeah those those platoon guys who can't stay healthy don't do much for me. So like. Give me, you know, I can't quit prospects. Give me Keith. I know you can.
1: Yeah, I know. Dude, dude, I'm putting, I'm probably putting Keith right ahead of Parade in under India. That's, and I'm, yeah. And I'm moving David Schneider down to the next like, year down since he's the, not going to play now.
2: The thing about Keith though is just like, don't expect more than like 22 home runs. Like, even that might be a stretch. Right yeah, right. Because now.
1: he's, because he's in a terrible home ballpark. Like,
2: it's, it's, it's literally the worst home, the park for, wow, the worst park for power over the last three years. I,
1: if he put, if he does what Jordan Walker did last year, that's a success. Basically,
2: yeah, yeah, hit like two eighty with twenty yeah, something it, home runs. Yeah, hit like, like two eighty with, like with 20, twenty home runs. 20 home runs. And then, yeah, and then get yeah. like sent down, 80, down
0: to Triple A for no reason. Eighty <laughs> runs of <in> RBIs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, he signed a contract and they still sent him down to AAA for no reason.
0: <laughs> Wait, did he get traded to the Cardinals while we were on the spot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: all right, Tyler Black. So unless unless the Brewers sign Matt Chapman, Tyler Black looks like he has a very good shot to be the opening day third baseman for the Brewers. And I just wrote an article that's going to be on Fantasy Pros. Uh, and I, have Ty- I, I discussed Tyler Black. I think that he's going to go something like... Maybe like twelve homers and like twenty-five steals or something like that this year if he starts. Um, probably hit like two forty, but I think he can put up those homer steal numbers and steals like that are pretty nice this far back in the draft.
0: So well, he the Tyler, he Tyler constantly.
1: Black, Ty, Tyler Black, do you guys think he should be in the next tier up, or is do I have him in the right spot?
2: In leagues that award. On base, like, skills, Point. I think he should be up, and, up a tier. But, dude, there's a non-zero chance he, like, s- pulls Nestor Ruiz with a much better. Like, he's that fast. Like, he could get 50 or 60 steals, especially if he's up on opening day.
1: He's not that fast, dude. He's not a Nestor Ruiz or Victor Scott, but he does have 30 steal upside for sure, if he can get on base enough.
0: Mm, he stole 55 bags last year.
1: Yeah, in the minors there is yep. going to be a decrease in steals so yeah so call it 40. and
0: and he's probably going to hit
1: in the back of the lineup so he's not going to have as many you know plate appearances and His he's going to have to adjust to major league too. pitching so that's why i'm projecting like 25 steals
0: maybe 30 but dude i'm such a sucker i am with raymond dude i would dude, Col, I'm, Colt I'm, Keith i love and tyler black i, love I would tyler like black. I love those. The, I'm a prospect guy, too. You know, like, I would put those two guys. Just their upside. I can't quit their upside. And his on-base percentage, especially in, in a points league, like, that is, like, so sexy. I,
1: I think I'm – me, because I do all the prospect rankings, I don't know. I also do the F-score rankings. Maybe it makes me a little more conservative <laughs> to – yeah. I think this is why, because – I, I, When I'm looking at it in a redraft perspective, I'm going to try to back off the prospect zone, but in Dynasty, I'm still going to pump these guys. Uh, Last guy I want to talk about in this tier. This is someone I think is super underrated. Luis Rangifo. I don't know if you guys have even thought about Luis Rangifo during the offseason. For sure But These F scores are pretty solid, dude. 108 contact, 95 discipline, 109 power, 80 speed like if he plays for a full year and he's hitting in the top of the lineup in front of Mike Trout since Otani is gone now, I feel like you have here a potential like 270, 280 hitter who can hit 20 bombs and steal like seven, eight bags. Like if you're in a 12-team league, that doesn't really matter. But if you're in like a 15-team league or if you're in like Otanu, I feel like that's a very solid player. So I just wanted to kind of bring him to your attention and see if you have any comments on a guy like Rangifo or anyone else in the tier before we close out the podcast.
2: Dude, I haven't thought about Luis Rangifo in a hot minute. Yeah, because he
1: He's, plays for the Angels. Yeah, but that's the point is that sometimes in like the bad teams – accumulator. Yeah, sometimes in the bad teams, the guys who hit high in the lineup yeah. in the bad teams, Dude, like
0: Galoff, I guess sometimes is a good it. thing. Yeah. Maybe I just I, I'm I'm I just hate betting on angels guys dude I put so much stock in the ownership like Art Moreno's gonna call whoever manages the angels and be like huh, Rengifo shouldn't play we should put uh, <laughs> who's that third baseman uh, Rendon that literally hates baseball they'll be like oh let's put Anthony Rendon in front of Rengifo fuck that guy
1: <laughs> all right uh, Raymond do we you have a Raymondism to close out the pod
2: yeah I don't. I don't think it's a great one, but um, here's the list of MLB players with a 50-plus offensive war and a 30-plus defensive war. Cal Ripken Jr.
0: That's
1: it?
2: <laughs> he, had, he had a seventy-eight O war and a 35-D war. Yeah, that's it. That's the list. I was waiting for, like,
1: some center fielders or something. There's not any – like, none of those – cal Rick can play center willie mays
2: no nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> willie mays didn't have a 30d war like he willie mays has to be like a 100 war guy right
2: yeah i don't know
1: huh interesting i mean there aren't, aren't that many how many 100 war guys are there like five ten yeah
2: not a very that
1: many did Pooh holes even have a hundred war I don't even think Pujols had 100 war.
2: Oh, dude, I got a Pujols stat for you. Here's another one. I Somebody, I saw that uh, Pujols hit so many home runs and he was so slow that, like, if you combine <laughs> all the time he spent rounding the I bases, it's like five and a half hours. <laughs> I saw that. He spent five and a half hours just trotting around the bases on his home runs in his lifetime.
0: And so if it's you don't have
2: to trot the bases. You just have to <laughs> run it first. Yeah. It sounds, like a,
0: that. it sounds
1: like a David Goggins uh, challenge.
2: There's 21 <laughs> 100 war players.
1: 21. Willie Mays is cool one cool is of one them.
2: Willie Mays is one of them.
1: How is Willie uh, Mays? How did Willie Mays not get a 30 defensive war then? If he had over 100 war. I don't know. Did they he not have D war back then, and that's why?
0: Yep, too old probably.
1: Yeah, they're like, ah, we can't we can't track defensive stats from that long ago.
2: Yeah, they just gave up. I don't know.
0: Babe Ruth leads all of war players, so that kind of defeats that argument.
2: The list I'm yeah. looking at is Barry Bonzo one, but...
0: Oh, I got I got Babe, Walter Johnson, Cy Young, and then Barry.
1: Interesting. Okay, right, we're going to close out the podcast. This is your final warning if you are in odd new leagues because it's coming out on Wednesday, January 31st. It's too late. If you're listening to this... <laughs> <laughs> the, no, the, when you're listening on Wednesday... You better make your cuts. It's the last day to make your cuts. So don't forget, don't be a tailor. That's a golden <laughs> nugget for one of our friends. Don't be a tailor. <laughs> make sure you cut all your guys that you don't want in your odd new leagues. Cut, um, Wagner. <laughs>
0: yeah. I just cut
2: a $12 Jordan Lawler. I still feel <laughs> gross about it. Oh,
1: Yeah. For, for the written work, check out the F scores on Friends with Fantasy Benefits. That's over there. For my prospect stuff, you can, in Dynasty stuff, jump on Fantasy Pros, and you can find my Dynasty and Prospect stuff over on Fantasy Pros. Uh, and then we got the Twitter machine. You can find all three of us, at Fantasy Ace Ball, at Raymond Atherton, and at CatcherStreamer. Gabe, when are we going to see you next time? I don't know, man. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cliffhanger. All I right. missed
0: you guys. I miss this. I, I hope it's not too <laughs> long.
1: Us too. The three amigos need to re- reun. What do you call one reun? Try you. more than you. We- you. More-, you. <laughs> more than <laughs> once every few months. All right. Peace out. Okay, Later guys. y'all.
0: See you guys.